Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of A German and a Catholic Go to a Movie. And for this episode, we're not actually going to a movie. We're just going to have a little bit of a general chit-chat. It's just have like a conversation about what we're watching, what we have watched, what we're interested in, what previews we've seen. Just thought we'd mix it up a bit. And plus, no one got around to picking a movie. So it seems like a good idea. I'm going to start it off because in Australia, there's been a lot of publicity about Olivia Newton-John dying which was very sad. And I haven't seen that sort of outpouring of emotion or, or press coverage since Princess Diana died. Anyway, so I thought I'd watch Greece. Now, Gregor, have you seen Greece? I have to shamefully admit that I've never seen Greece. My partner, she might force me to do it soon. It seemed like almost an obligation to see it. So anyway, I watched it. And I have to say, it's actually aged pretty well. And she does have undeniable star power as does John Travolta. You'd sort of think this crappy little musical from 1977, it's still part of the lexicon of pop culture, you know, 40 years or whatever later. And you can sort of see why when you watch it. She's extremely charismatic and so is he. And I guess it's at the height of their physical appeal. You know, they both look young and beautiful, which is, you know, helps. And he's like tall, dark and handsome. And she's blonde and blue-eyed and littles, which was, you know, the archetype of the time. Made me feel slightly sad, actually, to think that she died. So you haven't seen it, but your girlfriend loves it. Yeah, and it's one of the movies where I feel like I know it because, you know, you've seen so many clips. And I'm sure when I was growing up, I skipped through it on TV sometimes. I'm just not a huge musical fan, but I know that Grease is pop culture. And I mean, as someone who does a movie podcast, I know I have to see it. And I'll I'll try to get around until we have our next session. So... You don't like any musicals. That's a very hipster opinion, of course. No, but uh, I do like Hamilton. But um, that's maybe because it's not a quote-unquote typical musical as a hip-hop elements, uh, very historical. I like history a lot. And so for me, uh, watching like Hamilton was a bit like uh, learning more about the US founding fathers. But overall, Jared, I don't know. I, I'm just that kind of person. Like as soon as there's a Simpsons episode where they start singing. I'm I like, hate the no, singing episode. No. Yeah, but it's it for me, that's like musical, you know, it's like I just don't understand why people just don't speak. But maybe you can convince me otherwise. Or what's your standing on musicals? Well, I've got to say, I absolutely hate those concept singing episodes <laughs> to the okay. one family guy. We agree on that. <laughs> I just just don't even watch them because I can't stand them. But I do like the odd musical. But I have to say, they don't really make musicals anymore. I mean, I suppose they just did, like they did remade Footloose. And I, I know Flashdance isn't technically a musical, but it is. You know what I mean? In that the music and the dancing is basically the only reason you'd watch it and save the last dance and... The step up things, you know, where they had step up Miami and step up heat. Dirty dancing, of course. Dirty dancing. I thought dirty dancing was a really crap film too. (laughs) That's another one I need to get around watching. But you, you didn't like that one? It's actually a bit more, it's a little bit like Grease and it's a little bit more adult than you would remember. Like you'll be surprised at some of the topics that get covered. Like basically Patrick Swayze takes his girlfriend to get an abortion. (laughs) You know, it's just like, what? But isn't that Saturday Night Fever? Saturday Night Fever is really, really... Uh, Sorry, uh, uh, I think you're you're mixing up the movies here. Sure, I'm not. Saturday Night Fever is very dark towards the end. That end scene on the bridge is like really full on. Yeah, that's a movie where, where I was shocked about the dark, how dark the story is, because I 
I'm pretty sure there is an abortion uh, storyline as well. It's been a long time since I've seen it. But maybe there's one in Dirty Dancing as there well. Is, I, I have to get around to it. An abortion musical. Who would have thought? But I... <laughs> Yeah, they're just, re- and you know, with the Roe versus Wade thing, it's a bit topical. I just think it was just these adult themes that you don't associate with musicals. Even yeah. Fame. Have you seen the original Fame? Uh, no. Um, honestly, I'm completely uh, lost on Fame. You have to update me. What's that about? Oh, that's a, a bunch of kids at a creative high school and, you know, they sing Fame, I'm gonna live forever. Oh, I know that song. <laughs> you know, that song. Yeah, basically, they all go to the school and they're all trying to be famous. What they go through in their journey to try and make it. And it's not very pleasant at the end, I can tell you that. Like, it has a pretty full-on ending scene. I won't tell you what it is because you'll be quite surprised when you watch it, but it's not all, you know wide-eyed kids jumping around smiling. Like, it's definitely a lot darker than that. Which you recommend that uh, overall? I would recommend Fame. It's a little, it's pretty boring. Like, it's very slow. It's a different, a lot of those sort of 70s, early 80s films, they just tell stories in a different way. It's much more protracted and a lot of talking. And I think modern audiences would find it quite boring. Yeah, maybe maybe the the Gen Z, which I'm just slightly out of, do find that. But I uh, personally, I often appreciate that more compared with uh, the modern, especially streaming movies, who are long, who are often much longer than um, the older movies, which were around, let's say, 90 minutes, 100 minutes, 110 minutes. Now it's hard to find a Netflix production that's under two hours. Just feels like the, the movies have much more... Um, filler even if there's maybe less talking yeah less dialogue driven like you say but going back for example to the Crayman, which i shortly mentioned last time it feels like it's two and a half hours huge action scenes but still the movie feels like boring in its own way you know it's like it doesn't necessarily mean that dialogue driven is boring or uh and the way they told the stories back then is more boring than now. I feel like, in a way, you're more involved in, in many movies at that time, and, and uh, which is missing today. It almost feels like they are like, okay, we have to do a great action set piece every eight minutes because statistics show after eight minutes, people will switch to their smartphone and get bored. <laughs> That's the YouTube algorithm, I guess. Like a five-minute video can't be longer, otherwise people will switch off. Uh, it just feels to me like that. So I, I do appreciate this in all the movies. So you think scripting by committee sort of thing, an algorithm committee script? (laughs) Look, I mean, it gets often referenced nowadays, for example, in a very good TV show uh, called Barry on HBO. I'm not sure if you've seen that. I know what it's about. It gets a lot of reviews, but I've never seen it. Yeah, it's with Bill Hader former uh, Saturday Night Live comedian. And he plays like a, a serial killer. Oh, that's right. Who, who was... wants to become a stage actor? Yeah, it's a, it's a dark, a very dark comedy, I have to say. It gets darker with every season. Now the third season finished. But in the in the newest season, it's a little spoiler, but the male uh, main actress, uh, Sarah Goldberg, she finally gets her TV show made. And uh, they put it up on a streaming platform and they take it off after like half a day because the algorithm didn't present it to the right people and it flopped, basically. So the algorithm (laughs) decided it's a flop after like eight hours or something. That's pretty funny, actually. (laughs) Speaking of new comedies, have you seen Loot with Maya Rudolph, the new one on Apple? Have you seen that yet? Honestly, I haven't even heard from that. A typical Apple show, you don't even hear from it. But I do like Maya Rudolph. How's the show? What's it about? It's a poor little rich girl, fish out of water story. Basically, Maya Rudolph plays a woman who has a very wealthy husband and she's used to a life of luxury and he leaves her for another woman. So she goes to work for a charity that her accountant bought for her 
and it's full of a bunch of lovable losers. <laughs> and I have to say, it's so disappointing and it's bordering oh. on terrible, I think. And it, But it could be so good because Maya Rudolph, now my favourite skit for her in Saturday Night Live is the Christina Aguilera interview. She plays Christina Aguilera and they have an interview with Tina Fey. Look it up on YouTube if you're bored. I'll have it's to. A, it's really, really funny. Like it's one of my favourite <laughs> sort of Saturday Night Live sort of things. But this show is just, gee, I don't know, like they're trying to do like a community parks and rec type bunch of crazy people. And it's just an absolute dud on every level. It looks fantastic, though. And there's a lot of really beautiful architecture and clothes and cars and locations. But it's just so terrible. Like, And you sort of I think they're trying to do that sort of slightly sentimental humor that they created with Ted Lasso. Lasso? Lasso? Yeah. Yeah. Where, you know, he's. They're a bunch of lovable losers, but they're going to make it, you know, like, but in this mm. one, there's just no chemistry at all with anybody. And it's just, it's such a disappointment because it could be good with a bit of tweaking. It just seems like almost everybody is miscast. It's it's worth looking at just to see how bad it is. No, that's, that's a dud. In slight danger of uh, becoming too old and uh, ranting from the balcony, like in the Muppets. We will do, <laughs> we will, I will say something more positive in a second but um yeah i'm having a hard time with a lot of the newer uh, comedies uh, comedy shows as well they are just so straight in the middle produced like you say good looking good production value but it feels like they can't really decide do they want to do comedy do they want to do drama it's hard to it's hard to create good comedy uh, one one example for me is the uh, base force um with steve carell where, which is on Netflix, and it's basically about Steve Carell. Everyone well, we watched from the, the first office. season of that, remember? Um, Together, we watched that when uh, you were in COVID, yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. And I even gave the second season a bit of a chance earlier this year, and um, it's still terrible. And it's like, they have all the right people. They have, like, uh, good comedians. I know, quote-unquote, uh, from Jared, they are too old, but... Even if we're ignoring and they that were, fact, and they were, even if we're ignoring that fact, they have like Steve Carell, they have like the guys who produce The Office and Parks and Recs, and it's just such a dud. Apparently, people watch it because it gets renewed all the time. That's that's a bit depressing. <laughs> well, see, I think they get renewed because they just put so much money behind it. They're already building in a second season because they've invested so much in it. But yeah, I just think I don't necessarily think the second season is driven by popularity. I think it's just. They've invested a lot in it. They've signed all the contracts. They've got the big names and they've said, look, we'll give you a minimum two-season show or whatever. Um, yeah. Have you, have you seen, and just like that, that Sex in the City thing? Of course. Of course I've seen that. How could I miss that? Very interesting in, in either way. It's a little bit like huge car crash where you can't look away. <laughs> it's so fascinating and you want, and you kind of want to know how it continues. In some weird way, I, like the first episodes, I felt like that. I'm watching a car crash and I'm like, what the hell are they doing? But towards the end, I don't know, in a weird way, I, I kind of found my peace with it and have probably even going to at least start watching the second season because they renewed it as well. What did you think about it? I just thought in comparison to Sex and the City, it was a huge come down. I thought the characters were unrecognisable and not just physically. They're older, but that's no big deal. They just get old, you know, like they're not young people anymore. It just didn't have that same sort of incisive, witty commentary that, the yeah. first, that Sex and the City had. 
And also, it's it like seemed, like, it seemed like everyone had forgotten how to act. <laughs> no one could really act properly. It took everyone a while to warm up to it, which was surprising. Yeah, maybe that, that's why it got better towards the end. But I also agree in the beginning, in the first few episodes, it's like they forgot it was a... Wasn't it like a comedy show originally? Yeah, Sex very, in the City. <laughs> yeah, it was very light. And, and also, I mean, any show that's built around four characters and one of them isn't there is going to suffer. I think any, if even if it wasn't the Samantha Jones character, if it was any of the other ones, it would have had just as a detrimental effect because... I just think that's such an ensemble show that you take anyone out of it and it's they're running at 75% capacity. Yeah. But, but are you are you renewed too and it was like what? Are you going to give the second season a chance? Look, I don't know because I found I just found the characters weren't recognisable. Not that I was a huge fan of the last one. I thought it was funny. It was no entourage really, was it? <laughs> My favourite character, Greg or Hayes. Um, yeah, disclaimer, Jared likes Entourage. But <laughs> sometimes, sometimes he still has an okay taste. Please don't let that uh, darken all your all your image of him. Look, don't don't let anyone tell you Entourage isn't entertaining because it is. And Gregor hasn't even seen it, and I have. It just seemed to be they didn't. It's like it was almost like a shameless money grab, and they went, ah, oh, well, you know, we've got to put the kids through school now. Who wants to do it? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, and then they went ahead and did it. <laughs> I think one of the producers of, and just like that, um, have you watched Emily in Paris? Because one of the main producers is behind that. Wow, what a surprise. Um, Where it's all shoes I've, and glam and love and sex and all that stuff. We've talked a lot about Emily in Paris uh, already in Australia. I know I've not gotten around it, but I think we watched like, Two, three episodes, which was enough of that to to just take that impression, put it aside and leave it at that, to be honest. I couldn't, no, look, honestly, I'm not at all the target audience, obviously, so I, I couldn't care less about the show. But uh, what did you think about Emily in Paris? Well, look, I just thought, like, it's not, I'm not the target audience of the show. Oh, maybe I am. <laughs> maybe you are. Who knows? Maybe I am. Gregor was, when we watched it, Gregor was saying, why do you watch all these girly shows? What's going on? <laughs> well, you um, are a fashionista. <laughs> yes, um, that would be said by nobody. It was a good COVID show in that it showed travel and all that sort of stuff that you couldn't actually do. Its timing was good. I felt that I think people really yeah. that sort of escape where it's like lots of clothes and lots of travel and lots of locations and, you know, going to work in Paris and, you know, work in a promotions role where you always save the day with some terrible sort of thing. I noticed that the younger people in my office really love it. They sort of hate watch it, but they're into it. They're aware of it and they talk about the clothes. And so, you know, it's obviously a generational thing, but it's sort of like Sex and the City for a new generation, but not as witty. It, it, it uh, certainly won't have the same impact on pop culture that Sex and the City has had. Yeah, that's hard to recreate today. Now, by the way, I have an Emmeline Paris story, actually. Wow, everybody. What is this, it? Disclaimer, no, no celebrity involved, unfortunately. But um, we were in Paris earlier this year and we were sitting in this nice cafe. And across from the street was a different cafe, but uh, was closed at the moment. And there were all these chancy girls. Maybe Jared was there as well, but I didn't spot you. And, and, <laughs> and they were doing I was uh, playing their father. Fo photos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were doing uh, photos. And later I uh, realized this is a bakery where she apparently goes uh, regularly yeah, in the so TV show. I actually read a bit into it. and. And you gotta give it to the show they filmed on location a lot so good on them for doing that 
No CGI Paris. <laughs> well, I have to say, I've done a couple of location-y type tours, I have to say, myself. When I, Because I'm a big fan of Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah, yeah. And Classic. I actually went to some of the like there's a bit of a map you could get you could download and you could walk yourself to the some of the location oh nice i thought it was fantastic like you know you'd sort of think wow that's the door that she came out of and that's the scene where they were you know kissed by the lake and you know that's where she threw herself into the water and it was like yeah under the bridge yeah yeah like it's really fascinating so if if you're a bit of a movie person and you're going overseas you can actually just put Put in your favourite movie and put locations and you'll be surprised how many of them you can actually go and see. Like when I was in New York, I did actually walk past the building that was Sarah Jessica Parker's apartment in Sex and the City, but I didn't actually mean to. I was walking along <laughs> and there was a bunch of people getting, as you say, photos out the front. And I was like to my friend, oh, what's that all about? You know, like, and they went, oh, that's her, you know, Carrie's apartment. And apparently Sarah Jessica Parker lives around the corner. Actually does live very close to it. And oh. and also, and I kept walking around a bit more and I came across the diner from Seinfeld without even trying. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that was a nice. And the friend's apartment, someone pointed that out to me. You know, nice. the shot that goes up to that top apartment. Yeah, yeah, which so, is the real apartment, of course. <laughs> oh, yes, it looks just like that inside, I'm sure. But it was, yeah, it's just exciting to see those sort of locations. And I'd certainly recommend anybody, you know, if you're interested in movies to do a bit of a there's one that's actually really appealed to me which is the friday the 13th horror series if you look on youtube okay. a lot of people go to the locations and compare them now and the friday the 13th people there's some guy that goes to you know camp crystal and shows where everyone was killed and everything like that like yeah. it's fantastic so, okay so is there is there a house or did they uh, just build that up for like the i don't know the um teenager the cabins where the teenagers were staying or something do these still exist or it's more the lake basically it's more the lake and the signage and the town and you know like uh, uh, things like the cabins cool. and stuff they're just not there anymore because it's like 30 40 years ago but they show you know where they went into the police station or where they went into the corner shop and and you know the actual yeah. camp crystal sign which which i think they still have there for a nice. tourist thing and the scene you know where she finally beheads the mother they show where that was filmed and like which nice, I just, nice. I get a big buzz out of those, you know, sort of things. And I noticed there's a new poster on your wall, Gregor, with the psycho, the psycho poster. <laughs> yeah. And where did that come from? That's a bit out there. Yeah, that's a, um, that's a very movie hipster story. But there is this big uh, flea market in Madrid called El Rastro. And there's this one store who's selling, uh, the store is selling movie posters mostly in Spanish. My uh, poster doesn't actually say psycho, it says psychosis. But, uh, it, <laughs> you would have been a universal movie tour, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I think I think we talked about that. Yeah, we. I saw the psycho house as well in the studio and there was a Norman Bates was apparently still there and he was running towards us with a machete while we were in the universal tourist car. He looks a lot like him too, the guy they've got playing him. I was yeah. really stunned how much he looked like him. But when yeah. I first went there, when I was 18, to do the universal tour which was a few wow. years ago it was like 10 years ago yeah. <laughs> at least at least but anyway in those days it would actually stop it would stop and you'd all nice. get out and people were taking you know photos in the psycho house and you'd look in and it was all scaffolding and everything but it was really interesting how that tour has changed because i've been on it a few times and yeah the last time i went to universal was probably about four years ago and harry potter world had just opened up 
Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, like, and I was one of the first people to go in. Like, it only been out for about two months. Look, it's really worth seeing. If, if you're, I'm not a Harry Potter fan, but if you are, it's really worth seeing. All the projections and the, the 3D images of the people talking to you and everything, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. And they have, you know, things where you strap yourself in. And what's that game they play where they fly on the brute? On the broomsticks and oh god, now the nerds are gonna kill us. But the isn't it like us, we are nerds, but just not Harry Potter nerds. But yeah, I'm. I'm also. I'm. I never really got the Harry Potter thing. I'm sure they are great books. Didn't but you? Everyone loves. I didn't. Them. Yeah, I don't know. I trust. I, I just missed it. And now I'm at that level where it's like you know the people who haven't watched Game of Thrones and are all cool about it. I'm. Mm. I think I'm a bit a douchebag with Harry Potter, like with that. I get, the, I get the hype, and to be honest, I like why some of the movies. The thing and, is, uh, is with Harry Potter World is the prices. My God, it's one of those true tourist traps. Like they sell the wands, all these different wands, and they all cost a fortune. And everyone throughout the park sort of cross promotes. So you know, when we went and sat in our you know Universal tour bus, you know, we had this really jaded American sort of tour guide who was like, "Okay, everyone, now." If you've got a Harry Potter wand, wave it in the air. <laughs> and then, you know, the, a few kids waved around. He's like, that's just great. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> on with the show. Like, even then, they didn't even want to do it. There, there was only one slightly exciting thing. When I last went through Universal is they had all the sets and clothes and everything set out for the Mindy Project, which was being filmed. Oh, so they nice. had a full set dressing. Because you know how they have those streets, like they have a New York street and a a New Orleans street, and they dress it, and they have, like, you know, the Desperate Housewives street and all that stuff. I found that was my personal highlight, to be honest. I, I didn't yeah, expect the, to find a fully built-up Desperate Housewives street there, and I, I watched it quite a couple of times with my mom and my sister, so that was that was a really nice uh, experience. And the Halloween house is in that street, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Now, now I'm starting to feel old because, yeah, I wasn't... I was there, like, 11 years ago, I think. So... I think at that time I hadn't even, shame on me, seen the original Halloween, which if anyone out there hasn't done it yet, you should do it. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. But yeah, that's the original houses in that street too. And once again, in back in when I first, put it this way, it was so long ago that when I first saw it, they still had the set of the town hall from Back to the Future set up. <laughs> like that's how long ago it was. And, it, and, you know, and once again, we got to stop, walk around the set. It was a much more leisurely thing. Now nice. they're just like yeah. jamming them through. Yeah. But in those days, no, of it wasn't quite a machine, you know, like the bus would stop and they'd say, does anyone want to get a photo taken, you know, in front of the Back to the Future Hall? And everyone would be like, yes, and, you know, and then you'd, <laughs> they'd just jam the brakes on and everyone would hop out and start taking photos. <laughs> Whereas now it's like, you know, you know you, yeah, well, obviously, it's streamlined. yeah, it's definitely a real money spinning sort of exercise. But Psycho is a good film, and I have to say, I actually was reading about Psycho, and one of these interesting things, because everyone knows the story that basically Norman Bates dresses up as his mother and runs around killing people. And one of the big breakthrough things about it is horror movies prior to that were like about radioactive monsters coming up from the sea and giant mm. bugs and aliens, and that was apparently the first psychological horror movie. Mm which made it quite impactful. Now, like, psychos are just a dime a dozen in every single you know, yeah. Netflix thriller that there is. There's always someone who's, you know, a narcissist yeah. or a sociopath or split personality or something like that. Whereas then, that, that was something that wasn't explored in movies. For me, a Psycho um, still holds up as a really, oh, uh, as a really good movie. Like, 
you guys, uh, if if uh, by any chance you haven't seen it yet, you should definitely go back watching it. I think you can probably just watch it on on YouTube in high quality now. Did you watch um the remake, the one that was about oh, 10 years ago? You know what? That's a thing I think I deleted from my memory, but I remember vaguely watching that on TV when I was like 12 or something like that. Yeah. And had she accidentally crashed no, into horrible? two houses, died brutal. Well, God, the poor yeah. woman, you know, died from like mass burnings. I mean, like, what could be more horrible? What There'd be very few ways to go that would be as horrible. And she left a child behind, I think a, a son or a daughter as well. I thought that was really Crazy. sad. It's, I guess it's not uh, her fault in the first line, but I think the remake was pretty bad. Or what, what did you think about it? Did you watch it? Yeah, I, I thought, look, I thought it was pretty bad too, but I just thought the main Norman Bates character was very miscast because it had Vince Vaughn. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, Jesus, really... what a miscast. Well, the problem is, is like, if you look at the original Psycho, uh, Tony Perkins is very small and thin and bird-like. Like, he's quite little. So he physically looks convincing as the mother, you know, yeah. when you see the outline. Whereas Vince Vaughn is like six foot yeah. three, built like a linebacker. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, like they needed someone like Johnny Depp because he's really yeah. tiny. Here's an interesting little Johnny Depp story. I've actually seen the Edward Scissorhands costume. It was a bit of a tour and the Edward Scissorhands costume was in it. And I saw it. Nice. And that costume, he must have been a stick because it was so <laughs> small, you know, like, and he's not yeah. he's about 5'10". I don't think he's particularly short. He's about my height. That was so small. It gave me some insight into how small these people must be, some of them. Yeah. Because that, it was so tiny. Like, I saw a couple, like, I went, oh, you probably, no one will remember this, but I'll mention it anyway. Liz Hurley safety pin dress. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, to be honest, I know... I mean, I know Liz Hurley, but uh, um, I don't think I've ever seen Safety Pin. Basically, the reason she became famous is at the premiere of Four Weddings and a Funeral with Hugh Grant when she was his girlfriend, she wore this very revealing dress, and it basically launched uh, her career. Anyway, they did a tour of... I remember that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, it's very, very titsy, and, like, it looks great. She's one of the few people in the world that could wear it. I saw that, too, and that was so small. Like, we were like, God, she must have been tiny. And I've actually seen her, too, because... When I was working in magazines, we went to some Estee Lauder thing and she was um, talking about breast cancer awareness because the Lauder Foundation is really big into breast cancer research and awareness. Okay. And she got up and gave this speech. And I tell you what, man, could she give a speech? Like, oh, seriously, wow. she gave, whenever I have to do a speech, I think about how good that speech was. You know, she got up and spoke about her grandmother who died of breast cancer and you know, she was very, you know, I'd love you to come and meet. I'd love to meet you. And and she was really stunning. She had, it was quite interesting, though, because even though she was a model and, you know, did a lot of skincare ads and stuff like that, she had noticeable acne pitting in one side of her face. Like, I got quite close to her. Like, she's still really attractive, but it was a bit odd not to see her perfect. Yeah, because she's, she's just human after all, She's just a human being. Who would have thought? She's just like us. <laughs> <laughs> Except a lot small. Um, yeah, so we maybe finish off with some recommendations, actually. I feel yeah. like I've thrown a lot of shade on, on modern productions, but to pick out a nice one I've seen recently, more due to my partner, I wouldn't have picked it out myself, but I really enjoyed it in the end. It was The Staircase on HBO. Have you seen that one? No, but I've art about it. I've got one for you, you too. You should give it a watch. 
Okay, I'm going to do that. Yeah. But I watched Cheat. Have you seen Cheat? It's from like 2018. It's a British production, and it's really oh. fascinating. I loved it. I thought it was really good. It goes crazy at the end with the story. It's very small. It's five or six episodes, so it's a pretty tight watch. Basically, a woman who's a lecturer has a student who hands in an essay, and she suspects it's plagiarized. Okay. And then everything just snowballs out of control. Like, it definitely gets a little bit over the top at the end, but there's a point where in about three episodes where I thought it was fascinating. And and I was kind of looking for a show that wasn't like eight, you know, one-hour episodes. I was after something a bit more compact, yeah. you know, like so I could just watch it after work and I didn't have to yeah. really think about it too much. So I'd highly Where can you watch it? That's on Stan. I don't know where you'd find it. I, it definitely wasn't on Netflix. But <laughs> That's an might, Aussie platform for all our non-Aussie listeners for all you, Yeah, there's probably no help. But it should be pretty easy to find because it's it's quite old. Well, in terms of chase, it's like five years old. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll give it a try. See if you can find it because I really, really loved it. And I'm also enjoying at the moment, which is also on Stan, which is no help to anybody. A, a I, young couple go to a, a resort and, and she finds a cell phone with photos on it. And then they trace back the mystery. And it turns out that the... The phone belongs to a guy that went missing. She looks at all the photos and they start tracing it back. And it looks great and it's quite believable so far. We're only, I think, about four episodes in. Really good chemistry between okay. the people. Just a, a Yeah, yeah. No, that sounds good. I really liked um, what we watched together, uh, The White Lotus, which has a bit of a similar basic concept that it's uh, based on a holiday resort. And uh, it's a bit dark, but more of a comedy uh, on HBO. So I really like that. If you haven't seen that yet, I think now it's nominated for a lot of Emmys, rightfully probably. So uh, give that a watch. A last good thing we're watching at the moment is Ainoa is actually finally finishing off Breaking Bad. She hasn't never come around to watch the last two seasons. And, and I've at the same time finished uh, Better Call Saul, which had his last final episode uh, last week, um, which I thought was especially towards the end of a very good show. And uh, it's really cool to watch it uh, simultaneously with simultaneously with Breaking Bad. So um, yeah, I can just not recommend Breaking Bad enough. I mean, that's not a secret anyway. But even Better Call Saul after the first seasons are a bit of a drag. The first two, maybe just skip them, read <laughs> what happens, and then start with season three. Especially if you've seen Breaking Bad anyway, you you can just easily do that. And then it's it's another great show. Like it's amazing this guy created two great shows. Really <laughs> respect. <laughs> Is Larry David's latest thing out yet? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not uh, sure, but it should be coming out anytime soon. It's usually, usually early fall season. Now, what's I the name of that? I've forgotten already, but it's great. Ah, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Gregor and I both used to watch that and enjoy that in Australia. I thought it was very funny. I He introduced it to me, and I thought, but you do have to watch a few episodes. You can't just watch one and go, ah, yeah. oh, well, it won't get you in, but eventually my, it does. my partner always says, I know why you like it because though you're maybe 40 years younger you're already a complaining old too basically <laughs> I, i'll take it i'll take it <laughs> but um she's very romantic uh, very spanish and very wrong um apropos okay. new shows coming out um are you gonna watch house of the dragon the um, successor to game of thrones i haven't even i'm uh, yet another one of those people who hasn't seen game of thrones haven't seen breaking uh, bad haven't seen wire in the blood so. uh, yeah 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 and maybe maybe a last uh, recommendation on TV shows. I like. Um, I still like watching uh, what we do in the shadows. Um, the TV show. Just not buying on that HBO. one. Just not buying That's that. That's okay. Have you watched that other New Zealand show, Ghosts or something? It's another one of those. Uh, I've heard of it, but I 
haven't. Yeah, I haven't watched it either. I was hoping so. Well, if anyone out there's watched it, leave a comment and tell us whether we should watch it. <laughs> yeah, I'll ask around. But yeah, it's it's a bit uh, special. But um, I really do like, especially the movie, the TV show is based off. So what we do in the shadows by Taika Wahiti, I think is a is a very funny New Zealand comedy. Can we oh, agree on that at least? Or well, yeah. Look, look at it is. It's okay. It's okay. But uh, did you know that they're remaking Interview with the Vampire? Did you read that? Oh, I think I've heard of that. That I don't know whether it's a series or a movie. I'd say it's a series. I read the book years Probably. and years and years ago. But... I've only ever seen the movie. It, it's fascinating now to see if you you have to watch that um, red carpet um, pictures from the premiere of Interview with a Vampire. It's amazing to see like Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, uh, Christian Slater, Kirsten Dunst back then. Well, we better sign off because someone has to edit this and it's going to be me. So I'm going to need a fair bit of time to do it. Good to talk to you, Gregor. Now, if you like this sort of, you know, banter between two crazy dudes and you want to hear more of it, leave us a comment. We don't have any comments. So if anyone wants to leave one, even if you say <laughs> we're terrible, I'd really appreciate it <laughs> because I just want to see a comment of some description. Tell so us we're, we're so- terrible. <laughs> you can always say we're great too, or that I am. So thanks again for tuning in and we'll look forward to, we'll probably just do a straight review next time, Greg. So think of something you want to watch. Enjoy watching your TV and we'll catch up with you soon. Bye-bye from my side as well. And this podcast is produced by Geraldo. <laughs> with a lot of input from Greg. Okay, good night. Night. <laughs>